Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, online dating. Why do any of us do it? In today's podcast, we're tackling this and other confusing sex and dating situations. Today's topics include how to dominate your partner in bed, trouble embracing your sexuality, what to do when your partner has a fear of semen, plus the best way to make sure your partner never asks, did you come? (laughs) That's the worst question. Okay, everyone, thanks for listening. So it's spring, and I have a spring cleaning challenge for you. A recent study said that millennials are ditching oral sex. And what's worse, a lot of you who took my survey said that when you do perform oral, you don't use lube. This made me crazy. Well, here's a chance to clean out both of those bad habits. Go to my site and click on the Joe Flavors banner. They have amazing fruit flavors that are perfect for spring, like Tangerine Dream, Juicy Pineapple, Tropical Passion. Just pick some up, put a little on, and get down to business. I promise you'll thank me. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Hey, Emily, you got a boyfriend? Because my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. You know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex relationships and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com. We can check out all the things happening there. It's a party. You can easily subscribe to our podcast there, which we love when you subscribe to our podcast. Check out social media, content, blogs, all that good stuff. I want to start out by thanking all my loyal listeners, also all the newcomers. We actually had a record-breaking month in March. We had more downloads than we've ever had. It's like up by like 50% last month. So I just want to welcome the newcomers. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. I love that you're all here because you know we're all in this together. We all want to learn to have better sex and relationships. Just keep listening. I promise it will happen. And I want to keep this momentum going. So if you like the show, tell a friend. And we love when you subscribe to the podcast. I know I always say that, but let me explain to you how that helps. First of all, you can do it really easily through your app or through iTunes or however you listen to the show. We do two shows every week. And when you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode, but this is why it helps. So there's this ranking thing, right? So on iTunes, like when people look for new podcasts, they're like, oh, well, this is in the top, you know, whatever, 50 on the page. And so when you subscribe, it just makes it easier for new listeners like you to find us. So that's all. We appreciate it doesn't impact your life anyway. Just to help us and then we can do more shows for you. My goal, my dream, besides a Lube on Every Night Stand is to do a show every single day. Would you guys like that? Okay, so thank you everyone. Welcome to the family. Thank you to my loyal listeners. That's what I got for you. Also, follow us on social media. We love all that too. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. It's all at Sex with Emily. Okay, so as a lot of you know, I've been talking about this lately. I... I'm online dating again. Yes, it feels like a second job and it's kind of overwhelming. I swear to God. Okay, so I'm on Bumble and I know there's a lot of different apps now, but I like the concept of Bumble because here's the thing with Bumble is that it's one of those swipe apps. So if you're new to apps, it's a swipe app. So you're looking at people's pictures and you're swiping right if you're interested. And then if there's a match, it says, boop, you've matched. And the thing about Bumble is women have to make the first message. 
even though you matched, the guy doesn't know that you match. I got to be clever and funny and smart and send him a message based on his profile. I can do that. I can observe their profile and say something. But God, it is like a second job. It gets overwhelming. So I get these matches and then I start a conversation and it's like, I already can't forget to text my mom back because it's busy. I've got 20 guys named Dan or Matt. They're all named Matt. They're all named Matt. I've got three guys in my phone now save Matt Bumble and I don't know which one is which. And I've got like three David Bumble. And so we're like, hi, it's David from Bumble. And then I got to go back and look. But, but here's the thing. I do think that even though it's, you know, and I tend to get overwhelmed by these little things. I talked to a friend recently. He's dating online. He's like, oh, you know me. I'm OCD. I've got a spreadsheet. And I'm like, that's actually not a bad idea. I should start a spreadsheet to keep track of these people because it's going to happen. People pop up and we all get busy with our lives. But here's the thing about it. I'm going to keep doing it because here's why. I want to meet people in real life. Sure. And I will meet people in real life. And I do meet people IRL, hashtag IRL in real life. But it's a numbers game, guys. So if you're thinking like, oh, I can't find anyone. I live the worst, you know, where I live is the very worst town to date in, which everybody says. I'm telling you, I've never met anybody who says, you know what? I live in the best town ever to date in. You should move here. No, nobody says that. New York says they're the worst town, San Francisco, LA, all of them, wherever you are. I get it. But if you're out in the world, you can be people, but this is just a numbers game. You're online. You're sitting on your couch. You're sitting at work. You're doing your, going through your life. And there's like all these people at your fingertips, literally that you can meet. And if you really do want to find someone for whatever your purpose, hooking up, having a relationship, you probably can meet someone online and you will. I'm sticking with it. And I think that uh, you should all try it out if you haven't done it yet. And I've got a story I'm going to get into in a minute, which I, which made me think about this would be a good way to open the show because there is a survey about apps because a lot of people think like, oh God, isn't it just a hookup app? Like Tinder, everyone wants to have sex. And I'm just like, it's only a hookup app if you choose to hook up. No one's going to be like, you better hook up with me. I mean, you guys, we all have a choice if you want to hook up with someone, okay? Consensually, you can say, I consent to have sex with you or I do not. I've never found that anyone was like, I thought you were going to hook up with me tonight. So I really think it's the intention you set out there. And again, it's good to uh, just try it out. Try whatever you want. And also, if you're like, well, I want people in real life, then I'm going to challenge you. What have you done differently in your life to meet somebody? If you do the same thing every day and you take the same route home from work and you go to the gym and you see your friends and you go to the same bar and you take whatever, whatever your routine is, you get coffee at the same place, you might not meet someone. But have you like signed up for a new class or said yes to one of those random Facebook invites you get from someone you don't know because you're like, I don't know anyone there. Guess what? That's where that person could be that you like, that you know. A lot of these apps are based on friends of friends and stuff like that. So if someone invited you, you could meet people there. You could meet a new friend that could introduce you to someone. So just get out there. Commit to like one night a week that you're going to do something that's outside your comfort zone to meet someone because that's just how it's going to happen. Someone does not just fall down your chimney. This new love of your life is not going to show up. I've tried. It does not work. I even have a chimney in my new house. Nobody has showed up. Okay, so there was a survey that came out that said more than 13% of couples who met on dating apps get married or engaged. How about that? So the myth of dating apps only being for hookups still exists. I get that. But new data shows that's totally ridiculous. So they want to give an idea of how common long-term relationships from dating apps actually are in the real world and Spoiler alert, more common than you think. So they talked to a bunch of dating app users ages 18 to 65, and there's a lot of serious relationships coming from the swiping. So I feel like I know a ton of people who've been online. And again, I don't really think there's a stigma anymore. It used to be like, I remember going to a wedding 10 years ago and whatever app it was, I think they met on Match. She's like, 
don't tell anyone, but we met on Match. Like, it was one of my best friends. And now they'd be like, oh, yeah, we met on Match. It's not a weird thing. So thank God that stigma is gone. But now I think there's this stigma that if you join one of these swipe apps, which are so easy because you can do them anywhere, that it's just for hooking up. So that doesn't exist anymore either. But here's some points that came out in the study that I think are very important here. Number one, most people are looking for something long-term. So contrary to popular belief, a whopping 38% of men and 44% of women are looking for long-term relationships on the apps. I think that's interesting. Everyone thinks that it's just hooking up. No, people want long-term relationships. And who knows, maybe you are just looking to hook up. That's okay. But I think eventually you're not. And then eventually you're in a long-term relationship and you break up and then you are looking to hook up. So I'm not going to say that, that everybody exists in some different plane of this world. So people want to hook up, they don't, but it doesn't matter. But right now, apparently people are looking for long-term relationships. The other interesting thing that I still, I find this confusing, other things you're looking for, new friends. 10% of men are looking for new friends. 12% of women looking for new friends. Casual relationships. 22% of the men looking for casual, 14% of the women. And this is just odd. Will someone explain this to me? 2.9% of men are looking for free drinks slash a meal. And only 0.8% of the women are. Who's buying all these guys food and meals? Unless the women are just lying. I don't know. I just would think that'd be skewed a little higher the other way. Also boosted self-esteem. 7% of the men looking for self-esteem. 5.3% are women looking for higher self-esteem. That's the other thing. If you're just like, you know what? I'm just getting out of a relationship or I haven't dated in a while. Dating online can do that. It not only boosts your self-esteem, but it can just kind of get your groove, get your mojo back. Just go out and start dating. If you're like, oh, it's not a great date, have fun with it. Maybe it's a new friend, you practice dating, you know, it is sort of like a muscle, like dating is sort of like this muscle that if you don't use it, you will kind of lose it over time. So you start getting your, you know, chattiness down or whatever it is you do on a date. Number two, over 13% said they got engaged or married from an app. I totally believe this. I've hear this all the time. So a quarter of people said they'd never had more than one or two dates off apps. 7% had reached between six months and a year. 15% reached longer than a year and 14% engaged or married. So that can happen. Okay, most people, another point here is most people have never said had a one night stand from an app. Okay, if it's barely over 50% of people, but still, that's not really a hookup app. 50% of the people never had a one night stand from the app. Don't worry so much about the hookup thing, but maybe you want to hook up. I think you're all, you guys, I think you can kind of get whatever you want in these apps. You can get a free meal, <laughs> drinks, a blowjob. I don't know. That's all available for you. You choose. Okay, this, these are the things that I love. I love getting into this like data of like what makes turns people on and off of the app. So here you go. Photos and descriptions are the most important factors when you're swiping. So what actually comes into play when using the apps? Photos, most important for men. But if you look closely, you'll see that women cared more about the descriptions. So it kind of just breaks down that men care more about the photos than the women, which doesn't really surprise me. They broke it down to common interests, friends in common, whatever. So photos and descriptions take some time doing it. But here's the other thing. And I said this three, a few weeks ago on the show, shirtless photos and group shots are turnoffs. I was saying this, I was like, why does every guy have his shirt off standing in a group of friends? First of all, I've got two, this is a quick, this is like fast food of apps. Like I've got two seconds to decide if I like you or not. And you're standing there with six guys with sunglasses on that all look like you. I'm swiping left. I don't know who you are. Don't waste my time. And just like, don't take your shirt off. I just, I don't know. I don't need to see your body. I'm not impressed or I am impressed or it doesn't matter. Just, I don't know what is about guys. It's kind of goes in that dick pic family. Like I don't want to see you with your shirt off before I know you and I don't want to see your dick. Just don't. That's a turnoff. And I th I'm assuming they're talking about men here. And I think group shops for women, I think if no one's going to complain that women are doing shirtless photos, but I don't think that happens. And I think group shots with women too, same thing. We, I get it if you're blonde in your first photo and if you're with your brunette friend, maybe we could figure it out, but just have shots of yourself. 
just make our life easier. Finally, being funny is key. When it comes to messaging, people are responding to people being funny, saying something funny, okay? It's not like you have to be a goddamn comedian. Just say something like comment on their photo, you know, comment on their pictures, you know, like say something, I don't know, whatever. Like, I'm trying to think of something funny right now. I need to pull out an app. But just like, just say something other than, okay, I was going to say something other than, hey, but guess what? Here's the preferences. 29% want something funny. 23% they'd like a question that directly rates their profile. And 17% said that, hey, is okay. Saying, hey, works. Apparently not high, but hey. And only 8% want something flirty and 6% want a compliment. And I agree. Guys who are like, you have a beautiful profile. Your pictures are great. I think to myself, I know that's why you swiped my photos. So while I cannot emphasize the importance of compliments enough on this show, I talk about them all the time that when you're in a relationship or dating someone, compliment them 10 times a day. And I know that Menace always argues with me that that's too much. And I only say it's 10 because if you do it once, she'll be really happy. And so will he. Men like compliments as well. First messages, though, they, I know they get a lot of you, you stumped. You're like, I don't know what to say in the first message. You know, how do I do it? And even though hey is okay, let's just try to get a little bit more creative. And I got to admit, being on Bumble, I was like, oh my God, I have to say the first message. And it really took me like a day. I was like, oh, what am I going to do? And now I'm like kind of enjoying it. I actually am enjoying it. Because I'm like, I got this. And it's not because I'm like knocking out one-liners. Like, oh, it's just like I can look at their profile and find something kind of to connect with that stands out and that's a little different. Okay, so here is an example. So here's a guy and he said in his profile that he is a music lover, globe tr- uh, globe trotter. He's 6'1", and with the hair, he's 6'4". So what I said to him was, just don't cut the hair, and this should work out fine. Hi, and I use his name. I always use their name, because I think it makes it personal. So I like to say, hi, Bob. So see what I mean? I just looked at one thing. I made a comment. You just look at their profile and uh, pull something out. So here's another one. Uh, he says, I'm sarcastic, I'm a writer, never lost a spelling bee, still live at home in my parents' basement and need a girlfriend so they don't think I'm gay. Okay, so he's a funny guy. I messaged him back. I said to him, they probably already think you're gay, but hey, we can give it a try. Hi, Bob. Again, his name's not Bob. So I just, and he was like, yeah, they know. And then we went on and on. He was really funny. He's like, yeah, they know. The kid angle didn't work either. And then, you know, then we got off on, you know, just chatting and it was really fun. So don't spend a lot of time stressing about it. It's kind of fun if you look at it. Use your cre- get your creative juices flowing. But again, hey, works too if you really don't feel like you can pull something out of here. But most people are giving you information, something from their photos. Even if you both traveled to Patagonia, mention that. Show that you wrote their, you know, because other apps, the women don't have to take the first message. So for a man, woman, whoever you're dating, just show that you read the app. Don't have a canned response. We can tell what that is. My point here is that. Just try some of these apps. Stop writing them off if you're single or just um, put yourself out there in the world. If you want to meet somebody, you will. There are plenty of people on the planet for you to date. I promise. And I'm going to keep you posted on my journey here. Okay, now we're going to give a little shout out to our sponsors. Thanks so much for supporting them. We appreciate it. Did you ever notice when the topic of sex toys comes up, no matter who you're talking to or where you're at, the one product that always makes its way into the conversation is the magic wand. It makes sense, considering the fact that the magic wand has been the go-to massager that millions of women turn to first, for 30 years no less. It's so ubiquitous that Cosmopolitan Magazine recently referred to it as the little black dress of vibrators, something every woman needs. Whether you choose the proven power of the corded magic wand original or the portable pleasure of the magic wand rechargeable, you know you've got a sure thing every time. And 
don't be thinking that the magic wand should only come out when you're flying solo. In fact, a friend of mine brings hers on every first date. She's like, boom, let's do this. Just add a couple drops of Joe's water-based lube and prepare to have your world rocked. So if you haven't made the Magic Wand part of your collection, don't wait another day. Get one by clicking on the Magic Wand banner on my site or go to magicwandoriginal.com. Okay, now we're on to your emails. Thank you everyone for emailing me. You can just go to sexwithemily.com, click on the uh, Ask Emily tab, and then you just send a question and we get it right away, right to our website. So easy. You can also leave me a voicemail. 818-275-7931. This is all on the website, all this information. And also include your gender, your age, where you live, and how you listen to the show. Okay. Hi, Emily. I've been dating a woman for about a month. We've had sex multiple times, but it's been conventional each time. She recently shared that she likes to be dominated in bed, tied up, spanked, blindfolded, etc. And I would love to give her what she desires, but I've never experienced that before. I want to give her amazing sex instead of just good. Any tips on how to approach it? Thanks, Calvin. Calvin, thank you for asking this question because I get, Calvin, I understand how hard it is for men. I mean, because first of all, when a woman, in so many ways, sex is hard for men because you're supposed to take the lead, we're expecting you to know all these things that you don't know, but especially when it comes to domination, dominating women, because all your life you're told, respect women, treat them kindly, you know, be gentle, don't hurt them. And it's really hard, I think, for men sometimes to like draw, you know, draw the line between sexual contact and assault. Men are kind of raised knowing where that line is. And then all of a sudden you have a woman saying, spank me, choke me. And you're like, I I don't know what to do here. And you literally might not know what to do. Like, how do I do this? Once she gives you permission, which she did, you know, she tells you what she wants. She wants you to be rough with her. It can still be bewildering because you're like, what exactly do you mean? Like rough? Because what she say? She, She wants to be dominated in bed. You have to be, again, be kind to yourself because you probably think that you're expected to know. And again, you don't, you're not supposed to know, especially if you've never done it. I remember it's like learning a new skill. And here's why I like you ask this, because I'd say a good majority of the questions I get in are about couples trying to communicate out what they want in bed and then expressing their frustration that they're not getting it. They're like, I asked him three times, you know, I asked him to go down and he doesn't. Or, you know, I tell her that I really wanted to initiate sex and she won't. And it's because we want to please our partners. We're in a relationship. I think all of us want our partners to be happy. But sometimes we hear those things. We're like, I don't know what you mean. Like, what do you mean by it? So it's never too early for you to have a conversation with her about it. This is great, Calvin, because she opened up to you. She told you what she likes. So you totally have the green light to ask her for more info. Clearly, she's okay talking with you. I mean, she was specific. She's like, I want handcuffs. I want blindfolds. You know, I want to be spanked. That's cool. Say, you know what, babe? I've been thinking about how hot it would be to do this. Like, I would love to do this. So what did you have in mind? And maybe she could say, maybe she'll have some ideas for you. You could be like, I want to try this weekend. Tell me what you had in mind. Like the other day, I was masturbating, thinking about you tied up and it was hot. What were you thinking? Just start talking about it. Great way to start is verbal power play. If you've never done it, And again, you guys, it's okay to try something new in bed and to laugh, feel uncomfortable and awkward, okay? We are not all masters of sex at all. And especially when we're learning something new. But tell her what to do in a dominant way, like get on your knees. You could be like, okay, get on your knees. Put your head down. You know, show me your ass. You could say good girl. Like if she's like, good girl, good girl, if she's into that. And I know this might seem weird, but to me, like she wants to be dominated verbally. You could do that. You can know how to speak. Try that. Be dominant. And also, a lot of it is just taking control. So when you're switching positions, which you should be doing, 
do it with confidence, like toss her around a bit, you know, move on a missionary, like into doggy style, like grab her hips and like put her on her knees and do that or like pick her up and like throw her against the wall gently. God, I hate saying throw against the wall because I feel like I'm sounding, but you know what I'm saying? Like push her up. Women want to be dominated in that way. So yeah, throw her against the wall in the way that's not going to hurt her. It's okay to rip her clothes off every once in a while, pull her hair, holding her hands over her head. If you don't have the handcuffs yet while you undress her, like you could put her hands over her head and like use your other hand to like undress her to play with her. Blindfolds are so easy. You can use a necktie. You can use a handkerchief. You can get something from sports sheets. They've got like a beginner bondage kit, which literally you will have everything that you need. You've got a blindfold. You've got Velcro handcuffs. Hi, you don't need a key. You can't mess these up at all. It's Velcro. And like a little flogger. Pretty much you'll have everything that you need to please her there. So I would start with some verbal domination, taking some control, and then suggest like a sex toy shopping date. In fact, I think every couple should go on a sex toy shopping date. Most towns have like local sex toy stores. If not, just go shopping on the website. I know we do most of our shopping online now. Anyway, I have a store now on my site, so check it out. We're always changing it up on the Sexual Emily website. Just click on the Shop with Emily banner. And like I said, we've got sports sheets there. You could also, yeah, watch porn together also. That could be another great way. If she can't quite explain what she means, see what kind of porn she's into. You could read erotica together. Master of O. It's a great book. Great way you can do that. There are some tips. I love it, Calvin. Go for it. Let me know how it goes. I always want you guys. Like, when I say that, I mean that. Like, I want follow through. I want to know what you did, Calvin. Like, I want to know that you made this happen. Okay? So let me know. Dear Emily, I'm currently in a long distance relationship for a little over a year. We see each other every two to three months. And in my opinion, our sex life is amazing. We're extremely sexually compatible and love to incorporate new toys and positions to keep things spicy. The only real issue that arises after sex, he often asks me, did you come? I cringe at that question. I suddenly feel self-conscious and don't know how to answer because honestly, I don't know if I came. This might sound silly, but is there a difference between having an orgasm and coming? I think he expects to see something more visual like squirting or a big explosion of cum because we don't see each other that often. It puts even more pressure on sex because we both want to pleasure the other one to the best of our abilities. I would love to squirt for him or visibly come for him so that he knows how much I enjoy the sex. But apparently, that's not how my body operates. So my questions are this. Do I have a dry vagina? Do I need to push my orgasms farther? Is having an orgasm and producing cum exclusively correlated, or is it normal to have an orgasm and not produce anything externally? I'm a big fan of the show, and I value, value your expert opinion. Savannah, age 25. Hi, Savannah. Okay, I like that you emailed me here because I so want to clear this up for you. When a woman has an orgasm, there are not visible, there's not fireworks, okay? Maybe in your head there are fireworks, but there's not like some explosion that's going to happen for a lot of women. So I think that you're meaning that he can visibly see. This is more of an issue with semantics than anything else. Because I read this, I read this twice. I'm like, wait, am I missing something here? Here's the thing. I'm with you. I, I don't like it when a guy says, first of all, I don't even like a guy says, when did you come? Did you come? Did you come? I appreciate that you want me to come, but I get that like, first of all, it's a lot of pressure because you know that only 30% of women actually orgasm or come during intercourse. So it's really not that common. And it gives, you know, we have a lot of pressure to actually come, I think. And in that moment, it makes me not want to. And it's like, you don't want to say no. You don't want to disappoint them. Like this leads to women faking it and all that stuff. But here's the thing. The reason to know, okay, sending love to all you guys who've asked that. And I'm not saying that some women don't want you to ask that. I'm sending love to you. Because I understand that you guys are doing it because you care. Like you want to know 
Did she orgasm? Am I a man? Like, did this happen? You know, a lot of guys just have no idea. They're, I want to say that they're clueless, but, but it's also really hard to tell. Like with a guy, if he came, you know, a lot of times we know, we can see, like we see cum shoot out of his penis. Like, you know, if you're wearing a condom, you take it off and it's filled with a jacket. We know like what's happening, right? So you just might need to tell him in the moment, like, babe, I'm coming. I'm coming. Oh, I'm going to come. I'm going to come. Because maybe you're quiet. Like a lot of women, I think, might be kind of quieter during bed. And from what I've heard from a lot of guys, they kind of like it when you speak up. They want to know when you have an orgasm or they want to know that you're enjoying it. So like moaning and just feeling it. I think a lot of women and men, we kind of get shut down when having sex. Like we quiet our voices. We think that like moaning sounds weird or porn star or they're going to judge us. But if you kind of just don't give a shit what he thinks and you're just going to let your body react to how it's what you're experiencing in the moment by like moaning loudly or just I don't know I think if you stop muffling the sounds I'm having a feeling that you're a quiet sex girl I'm just going to take a gander here that if you start to play with it not only will you be enjoying sex more often because it's true that they say women who make you know this is science again women who make more noises during sex actually have more orgasms and, and tend to even enjoy it more so there might be a part of you that's stifling, stifling it. That was the worst thing if you're like stifling these noises. But also it'll turn him on, it'll turn yourself on, and then he'll know that you're having an orgasm. This idea that he needs some sort of visual display is something that I think you've like cooked up in your head here. And I don't think it's what he needs. I don't think he's waiting for you to squirt. That's a whole nother issue. But if you're worried, I just think you got to ask him, say, hey, babe, when you asked me if I came, are you asking if I had an orgasm? Because I definitely did. And I'm going to work on letting you know when it's happening. So, and yes, coming and orgasm is the same thing. I believe that that's what he's saying. Like, did you come? Did you orgasm? Like typically guys go, did you orgasm, babe? They mean, did you come? That's what he's saying. And um, just so you know, you're completely normal. You don't have a dry vagina. There are a lot of women don't have these signs of orgasm through ejaculation unless they're squirting. And like I said, with men, you know, they pretty much can tell if they came or not. So for, for women, the signs are your breath is quickening, you get flush, your clitoris becomes more engorged. I mean, that's really the only way the guys can really tell that you orgasm if he's going to get down there with like a, you know, uh, a magnifying glass, oh, yeah. I'm like stethoscope, a magnifying glass to be like, is your clitoris engorged? I mean, there's a, that's why women can fake orgasms so easily, but you're having like lots of orgasms, which is so great, Savannah. So I think you just got to be, babe, I'm, I'm coming and it's awesome. So, I mean, squirting, yes, you could learn to squirt. I've I, we will talk about that another time, but I don't think that's the issue here at all with him. Um, I know you guys, a lot of you are like, don't just say you'll talk about it and you've talked about it other shows, but you guys, I have done a lot of shows in squirting. I'll do another one soon. You can check it out on my website or go to a blog post and um, we can talk more about that another day. But Savannah, you're good. Just let them know. Communication, people. It's all about communicating. That's it. It helps so much. Hi, Emily. My question is around my sexuality. First, I'm pretty sure I'm not gay. I like girls and I've had romantic relationships with girls, but I also have a strong attraction to guys that's purely physical. I've tried to date guys, but it doesn't feel right. So romantically, I'm not interested in guys, but physically, I'm attracted to them. I don't understand why that is. And when in a relationship with a girl, I eventually get urges to be with guys. I've told a few girls I've dated about it, but most are not accepting. I'm not sure what to do. Nobody would suspect this about me. Thank you, Dave. Okay, Dave, this, this is a really interesting question. I so appreciate you emailing this because I can understand this can be pretty confusing to you as well as the women that you're dating. Now, it could be that you are not allowing yourself to explore men because while you find them attractive, you kind of shut yourself down for fear of being identified as gay or even as bisexual. 
But it seems sounds to me like these urges keep coming up and they're not going to suddenly evaporate because you certainly cannot repress these urges. That never works. And it's not healthy for you either. And I know that you said you try dating men and you didn't find yourself romantically attracted to them. But is it possible that because you're holding yourself back that and you're afraid of this judgment that maybe you thought that you didn't find them attractive because you're in this kind of confused space? Maybe you are bisexual. You like men and you like women. And I think that you should just have an open mind about this and try dating men, keep an open mind and let go of that fear that you identify as gay or whatever is it holding you back. I always talk about duty dating, like just go out with that guy or like that woman that you wouldn't typically date just to see if you might like them. Like I talk about this typically when people have patterns of dating like bad boys or women who are unavailable. Just like go out with this without expectations. Like just kind of go out with them again and see what happens. And another possibility that you might be sexually attracted to men but romantically attracted to women. Let me just tell you something. This is a great time for you to be confused because let me tell you, we are all so much more open, open right now. You know, there's all these different terms. You can be pansexual, omnisexual. Plenty of people are coming around to the idea that sexuality is on a spectrum. So maybe down the line, you'll be with a woman who's like, cool. And she's like, you know what? You've sex with men occasionally. That's great. I'm also with women. Or I just think that's hot. Because if this is really holding you back, then I think that Either you should see a therapist and talk about it and have someone help you sort through these feelings. I mean, you are, I don't know how old you are. You guys, please include your age in the emails. It matters. It does. But I feel like maybe you're a little bit, little bit younger. Maybe you're in your 20s, let's say. And these things around our sexuality, I'm sure it's been popping up for you for a while. And whenever we try to repress anything with our sexuality, whether it be like our fetishes, our desires, things you want to try, who we're attracted to, are we gay? Not, you know, are we not gay? Masturbation's bad. You know, I've been faking orgasms my whole life. All this stuff, it just never goes away by repressing it. It doesn't fix itself. So I would say you should delve deeper into this. I get it that the women you're dating, you say they're not so into it. What do they say? You said the women are not accepting. Well, those aren't the girls you need to be with. You will find what you're looking for, but I think you just got to keep on trying. And, um, you know, I think there might be something about the men. So who knows? But keep dating. And um, I don't think we have to identify yourself, to identify you with anything yet, okay? Just um, go with what you're feeling right now and who you're attracted to. Emily, I'm a huge fan of your show and it's taught me several things. I want to first thank you for everything you do for my sex life. My question is about blowjobs and my wife. I'm the only man she's ever been with and her sexual style has been molded by our relationship. When we first started dating and getting intimate, she stated that she had heard how gross cum tastes. So I told her she would never have to worry about that. I could go somewhere else. In my mind, I thought this would be a temporary thing, that she would grow out of it after gaining experience. Well, 10 years later, we're in the exact same spot. Over time, I let her know that it's very important to me that she at least try it once and see if, something she, see if it's something she can handle. She always agrees and is stated that she really wants to do it. However, every time she does the deed, it's like the conversation never happened. I'm very frustrated and confused on what to do. Do you have any advice? Thank you again, Walter, age 34. Oh, Walter, Walter, Walter. Okay, this is a tough one because you have to accept the fact that she may never want to have your semen in her mouth. Like it just might not happen. And are you okay with that? Are you okay with that? You may never see your semen shooting into her mouth. Okay, just saying that might happen. It is a preference, something like some women just don't like it. Like they might just be like, you know, I don't like it. I'm not going to try it. And I'm happy that she's giving you blowjobs. I would high five you if you were here. Some women don't like giving blowjobs at all. But here's the other thing. You had the conversation with her and she's saying she wants to do it, okay? So this is good news, okay? So here's the part where we go, oh my God, good, yay, Walter, it's gonna happen. Because if she says she wants to do it, she does want to do it, 
but she doesn't know how to do it for the first time, right? I don't like onions ever. And if, if someone like sneakily sticks an onion into like my salad, I get like super pissed off. Like I just don't want to try onions. I've tried them, right? But there's been like other foods. Maybe that's a bad example. I'm trying to think of something that I hated and that I've tried. Okay, avocados. Before I moved to California, I never had an avocado. I actually thought they were gross and mushy and didn't taste good. And then you moved to California and they're everywhere. Now I love avocados. I can't get enough of them. So she's got this fear around it. She's got this fear around semen. Understandably, maybe you guys, she was like 20 years old. Her friends were like, ew, gross. If she's had this fear built up for 10 years, she's not going to be like, okay, I'm going to go for it this time, even though she wants to. So you got to work with her on this, okay? And again, I'm going to bring this to a more global issue here, you guys. This is all the couples. You think that if you have this conversation with your partner about anything, you want to try something different in bed, you want to be dominated, you want more anal sex, you think that you can have the talk two or three times and um, it's just going to magically happen and then it doesn't happen and you're frustrated and you're angry with your partner. The problem is changing behaviors takes time and talking about it just isn't enough for a lot of these things. You don't just say like, taste my cum, give me anal and it happens. The good news is you can learn to communicate about it better. So Walter, here's what you can do. You can say to your wife, I understand that you have this fear on semen about swallowing my cum, however you want to say it. I understand it. I totally hear it. And I love when you go down on me. I love blowjobs. But I just kind of feel like there's this thing missing. And I think what you have to add to it is it's about intimacy because it's kind of a trust thing. I mean, I, I think that for you, for a lot of men, like when a woman swallows, you know, puts the penis in the mouth and they just swallows the cum, you know, the fact that she's willing to take you could say to her, like, it's about, you know, the, willing that, the fact that you're willing to take my semen in your mouth is a sign of trust and connection. And when you don't do it, I feel like this is kind of a rejection. And I'd love it if we could try and work on this together. And maybe this would help her understand why it's important to you. It's not just like a thing to check off the list that like it actually makes you feel more connected to her. I'm going to assume that's why you want it because I think that's typically true for a lot of men. So I think we got to work at some baby steps here. <laughs> maybe one at a time. I was thinking of this and like, can you just like, one day you come and you're like, she takes a little like her pinky finger in and she tastes it. Like, I don't know if that's going to, you know, how that's going to happen. I mean, I also don't think that you have to like sneak, uh, like sneak into a piece of like sharp cheddar cheese. Like she's a puppy or something. So she can kind of taste it that way. Like here, Trey, like how you take like a, a pill or a vitamin. I don't think you have to do that. Um, I'm trying to think how you can ease her into it, but you could also, you know, I think her fear is probably of like the actual taste. And I think that as a lot of women... Lesions of women are swelling cum all the time. It's really not bad, but as much as we tell her about it, that might not work. So you could ease into it using a flavored lubricant. That's why they, one of the reasons they make flavored lubricant. System Joe's lube flavors are like delicious that I actually just sometimes just want to eat them if there's no food in the office. I'm like, I can have the salted caramel here for, for dinner. Um, it actually makes blowjobs fun for both parties because the biggest complaint with blowjobs is, besides swelling cum, no, is that it's a dry, is that they're dry. So she could put a little bit of like, Passion fruit. Okay, she can put passion fruit on her like a lip gloss. This is what I tell women to do. She can put a little bit on her lips and then she'd go down on you. First of all, she's already wet and slippery. She gets the end of your pee. It feels great. And your semen tastes like passion fruit. It's a win-win. There's also mask strips, okay? I started talking about these years ago. It's M-A-S-Q-U-E. And they these are strips, kind of like Listerine strips that she puts on her tongue and they hide the flavor of semen. Like literally they block out semen. These are made so when she has it on her tongue, she cannot taste the semen, but she only tastes, they come in four flavors, like strawberry, watermelon, chocolate, orange maybe, I don't know, four flavors. But she puts the strip on her tongue, she will not taste semen, That and your semen will taste like a strawberry sundae. So that's awesome. Also, Good Head Spray by Doc Johnson. I'm using it right now. I actually use it 
in the middle of the show. I'm obsessed with this too. It's called Wet Head Dry Mouth Spray. I use it because like during the show, not because I'm about to go give a blowjob, but wouldn't that be funny? If I was like, wait, hurry, I gotta get ready. I actually use it because it, it helps with dry mouth. So I'm not like, like that. So for all you dry mouth blowjobbers, this helps. But also it tastes like strawberry. It's actually really delicious. So this is also on our website. It's called Good Head, Wet Head by Doc Johnson. So here's a few things just from, she could try, but also approach this with compassion. Let her know how important it is to you ease her mind, ease her into it. And she probably like has no idea, you know, that it wasn't just about the money shot. When you explain the intimacy aspect, I'm sure she will come around. <laughs> no pun intended. Or maybe the puns. There's so many sexual puns, so little time. <laughs> okay, guys, I wish I could go on and on, but I have to go give a blowjob. Just kidding. I'm not. Um, I'm actually going to go eat cake. For reals. Okay. Anyway, I, I love you all. Welcome to all my new listeners. I love my loyal listeners. I remember you can all tell a friend about it. Listen to your with your partner as well. A lot of you are like, I don't know how to bring this up or that up. Couples love listening to the podcast together. You can be like, well, Emily said, and then and then do that. And you'll be like swallowing semen and dominating your partner in no time. It'll be awesome. Thank you all. I love you. I so, so appreciate all of you um, just listening to the show. And it's just amazing of all these new listeners. You know, I love what I do. And thank you for making it possible. So uh, thanks to my amazing team. Thank you to Madison and Jamie and Michael, Helena and Ken and Lark. I love you all. Uh, thanks for listening. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. So I'm going to let you in on a personal secret. You know when you ask me how to heat things up with your partner? Well, some of my hottest encounters didn't involve wild sex or crazy positions, at least not initially. The truth is, many of them start with sensation play. And thanks to sports sheets, I've had some really good times, if you know what I mean. Sensation play is all about arousal through teasing, touching, and exploration. Okay, picture this. You blindfold your lover and gently stroke a tickler on their skin. Then you explore the balance between pain and pleasure by lightly whipping their back with a flogger, then softly dragging the tassels to soothe them. Sounds hot, right? See, all that buildup and anticipation totally transforms foreplay. I even made a video to show you about these sexy bedroom tools. Just head over to sportsheets.com slash Emily to see it. Oh, spoiler alert, I may give Madison a little spanking. Just click on the Sensation Play banner on my site or go to sportsheets.com slash Emily today. Don't forget to use code Emily at checkout for a special discount. I have some great news for you. You're done with holiday gifts for another year and you can officially resume shopping for yourself guilt-free. What better way to kick things off than with something new for the bedroom? Well, my friends at Adam and Eve have exactly what you're looking for, no matter what that might be. AdamandEve.com is where you'll find all my favorite high-end toys, like the magic wand and the WeVibe sink, as well as sexy lingerie, games, massage oils, everything you need to keep things exciting. And you know what's next? The new deal for 2017. For a limited time, when you use code EMILY at checkout, they will include their exclusive Big O Kit with your purchase. This kit includes Climax Gel and a great mini vibe, perfect for finding the Big O. Of course, code EMILY will also save you 50% on just about any toy, DVD, lingerie, or sensual product Adam and Eve sells. And your order will ship for free. To get in on this deal, go to adamandeve.com and enter code EMILY at checkout today.